Welcome to the first episode of How to Acquire Podcast. The mission for this podcast is to connect the audience with some of the best minds in the world of acquisitions. That could include real estate, that could include acquiring art, that can include anything that you can think of when it comes to the world of acquisitions. And on today's episode, we sit down with someone who is a business acquisitions expert. He's going to take us through the entire journey of starting off your business acquisitions journey. So sit back and enjoy the first episode of many episodes of How to Acquire Podcast. I am your host, DJ Motri of How to Acquire Podcast. And here we go. The first episode. We are here for a great episode of How to Acquire Podcast. And what I really love about uh, this podcast is we're going to be able to talk to different minds in different areas of acquisitions. One of my favorite areas of acquisitions is business acquisitions. And um, I was online one day and I saw uh, our guest, uh, posting about um, an upcoming program or a program that he has now, a deal-making program. And I said, oh, this is a conversation we have to have. Uh, because I think a lot of people want to get into this space, but they don't know exactly who to talk to, who to collaborate with, and exactly what to do, because a lot of people don't want to make any mistakes. And so in, in order to truly learn about a topic, I think you should bring on an expert. And so on the line today is a business acquisition expert. Uh, Sebastian, if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're from. Definitely. Thank you very much, DJ, to, to having me in your new podcast, How to Acquire. And definitely we are going to have fun you know, today yes. talking about business acquisition, the, the topic we, we share. So yes, uh, my, my background is I, I'm originally from Patagonia, from Argentina, the end of the world nice. in South America. And then uh, I moved to the UK seven years ago to, to set up my family office and to do uh, this kind of uh, acquisitions, LBO strategies, right? Because it's, it's working very well in the developed countries, you know, in the first world economies like the US, UK, Australia, and Canada, the LBO strategies. If you want to do it in, in like in, in Argentina and South America, it's more difficult, the access to the capital. So I started to do it fully 100% in the UK, right? Okay. So yes, I started working in an M&A boutique firm, you know, a law firm in Argentina, and I saw some uh, deal acquisitions, you know, no money down, buying distressed deals, right? No profitable one, but distressed deals. And then I realized that uh, these lawyers were buying the business without, without putting any money. They were assuming debt, right? They right. were assuming the debt. So this is called debt assumption deal. So they assume the debt, they get the majority of the shares, like plus 51%. Then you, you, have, you have full control and then you can, you know, take over the business that way, just for data sanction. This is one way. But of course, you need to have a team to restructure the, this kind of deals because they are a very risky operation. So I've been working there for six months and then I say, well, I think I can do it by myself. So I put an advertising on the, on the famous newspaper <laughs> in Argentina. So and then I, uh, I got three business owners. They called me to the office. 
I was very nervous because I was, you know, 24 years old. And then they came to the office and I said to the lawyer, sit with me to, to looks like a team. And then they, they were helping me, you know, like to close the first deal, like a mentors. I quit the job, but they keep help me, helping me to close my first deal, right? So I, I bought a transportation company, you know, 200 employees. And I was very, very excited. But of course, I took the big risk because it was uh, plenty of debt, right? It was uh, plenty of debt. And so I did that assumption deal with, with in this case. And then, uh, of course, after three months, the company w went down and I, I, just, I just shut down the business because I didn't have the knowledge to run a business. I was good at buying, but not, not good at delegation and also how to restructure the business. So I, as, uh, this was my first failure you know, on business acquisition, but at least I bought the deal. And then uh, after three months, I failed because I have no clue how to run a business, how to, right. deal, how to hire people. Now, after you know, 12 years, and now I'm with the wiser, and I know how to delegate, how to put the, pick the right CEO to manage the business, and also how to restructure a business, right? So these three businesses are very risky for somebody who is starting into business acquisition. I do, I do not recommend to buy a distress deal to somebody who is starting, right? Okay. I think you need very experienced to buy a distress deal, right? Because there's so many points. So what I could recommend to somebody to, who is starting in, into this uh, uh, entrepreneur, you know, acquisitions, acquisition, this acquisition is, uh, is preparing yourself for the opportunity, right? Because most of the entrepreneurs and uh, and uh, deal makers, they have, uh, they start from the last point. They start from the deal hunting part, right? They start from the deal hunting. They say, they came to me and say, Sebastian, I found a deal, it's a 500K, a beta number, I found a deal, it's 10 million asking price. They got excited about finding a deal, but they don't have the, the clue how to, how to, the strategy works, right? They don't know how to sign a letter of intent, they don't know how to structure the deal, they don't know how to negotiate the asking price, the down payment, they don't know, you know, how to do a preliminary due diligence. So I say to them, listen, do you have a website? Do you have a pitch deck presentation? You know, do you have a lender's network? Do you have a private equity? Do you have a family office network? So many things you must have in place before you going out and do the deal hunting part. Because if you find deals, then you can do anything, you know. You don't have the lenders for the down payment. You don't have an SBA lawyer to help you to apply, for example, if you're in the US. You don't have things in place. So this reason for the last three years, I've been uh, developing my, my mentorship program, you know. I call it partnership program because I get involved with like a partner. Yeah, I, right. I can walk people through their first deal, right? So I, I discovered that people get anxious, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners, they want to close a deal, you know, quickly. It, and, and then they start from the deal hunting. So this is the first mistake I, 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 was, I was detecting. So I, I say, okay, let's, uh, let's start the opposite way. Let's start from the foundations. Let's put everything in place first. What that means, for me, you must have a website, right? You must have a corporate email, a pitch deck presentation, a summary of your company. Who is your board? What are you looking for? You know, which kind of companies you want to acquire, right? So I believe... You, you need to define your investment criteria. You know, some people are just looking for anything, anything. I want to buy anything, you know, any industry, any location, you know, any asking price. So that doesn't sound right for the savvy investor for family office. If you're looking for anything, you know, it doesn't sound serious. So for me, you need to define your investment criteria and put your investment criteria into the pitch deck, into the website. Everybody must know what you're looking for. 
So what I recommend to people is after they develop the website, the corporate email, the pitch, the presentation, they need to put the investment criteria. Normally, we buy in businesses one to 10 million asking price, right. price. But to start with, if it's bigger than 10 million, you have big competition with the family office and you know, private equity guys. So it's better to be under 10 million to start with. And then I recommend to put it in the, in the website, three, three industries. It can be healthcare, manufacturing, construction, any, any, any industry that they have a bit of knowledge. If, okay. you have no, if you have no clue, some people say, Sebastian, I have no business experience, I have no clue about an industry. Okay, no worry, how we, we can bring credibility, right? Because my, my quote is credibility by deals, right? So if you are starting, you have zero experience, you have zero contacts, zero money, zero everything, you need to leverage yourself. So how you leverage? You need to leverage other people with other people's money, you need to leverage with other people's audience, with other people's background, and with other people, you know, pedigree, right? So with other people. So bring somebody on your board who, who is an expert in the industry. Bring some, some people who is retired. Let's say you want to target construction companies in Texas, for example. Then you, you must to bring somebody who been in the industry for the last 10 years, who know at, at least the top 10 players in the construction industry in Texas. You need to get a market research also, you know, start educating yourself about the industry. So once you are in the negotiation table, you, you get more credible, right? People say, okay, this guy knows a lot about construction. He knows the top 10 players. You know, he knows how the market is performing. You know, he, he knows about the industry. He cares, right? It's not like you care about the numbers. You care about the industry. You care about the, the competitors, you know, how to increase the sales. So the, for that, the business seller is going gonna, is gonna to start watching you in, a, in another way. Okay, this guy is, is knowledgeable. He got a good team. He got all the presentation, you know. Maybe it's his first deal acquisition, but at least he's he's prepared. He's ready. Right, he's, right. He's not gonna destroy my business. He's not gonna, <laughs> he's gonna keep, keep, keep the legacy, right? So right. I give you all the tips that you, you you need to to sound credible. Some people already is uh, they already are a, a business owners. They they got credibility. They are into the industry and they want to grow by a business acquisition. But today I, I want to put focus to to grow the audience to to reach as much people as we can. Because a lot of people want to get into business acquisition. They never had a business. They are working nine to five. They want to start this, this new journey, this deal-making journey. And if you want to start from the scratch, these are the, the steps. You know, I've been, the, I've been mastering for the last three years with this program. So now I was detecting what is the, the, the weakest point of people starting on business acquisition. And I believe the preparation is key, right? So it could take you two, two to three months to be fully ready and then you can start hunting for deals. It's like a going to the uni. You need to study a few years and then you're ready for, for applying all the knowledge, right? So with right. This you must to cover this 45 days, two months, three months until you're fully ready. You fully understand the industry that you're operating, that you are trying to buy, and then go and deal hunting and, deal, and talk, call with brokers, call everybody else, right? So then they are gonna take you seriously, right? So. Investment criteria is very important. Then you must have an SPV, an special purpose vehicle. If you're in the US, you can set up an LLC in Delaware, Wyoming, or Nevada. For tax purpose, some people are setting up in these kind of locations. But if you're in Texas, you can set up in Texas, for example, because it's easier for you or for your accountant, right? So the deal team that you must have. So let's repeat again. So website, corporate email, pitch the presentation, SPV, and then you need to define your investment criteria. These five steps are 
These five points are the first step you need to take. Then you need to develop your deal team, right? If you have no, credit, no, no, no knowledge about, about the industry that you want to buy, let's say you set up healthcare, healthcare, construction, and manufacturing, and you don't know any of these industries, you can bring some non-executive director to put it on the board, to work, in, to work in for you on success fee basis, right? And then, you know, the deal team is this. It's a technical person, somebody who understands the industry that you're buying, a CPA and accountant in the US, and also an M&A lawyer. Not any kind of lawyer. For me, it's important to have a, an M&A lawyer who understands about the contracts, the share purchase agreements, stock purchase agreement, all the kind of agreement you sign between sellers and, and buyer, right? So, um, so M&A lawyer, technical person, yourself, the board, somebody who understands the technical person. These this four points for the deal team also are important. And after that, what I, what I recommend is to, to go and to develop the network, right? What that means? Develop the network with, with the lenders, right? Okay. How you, you want to fund the deal? How you want to put the money as a down payment? Because you don't have the money, right? How you want to fund it? Right. So, for me, uh, for me, I discovered the, the quickest way, if you have zero credit score, you know, you, you don't want to sign a personal guarantee because it's too risky, is go to the asset-based lenders, right? Asset-based lender and, and cash flow lenders, these kind of lenders. This kind, these lenders are very different from each one. So asset-based lender are when you are buying a deal, an asset-heavy deals. That means you have expensive equipment, machinery, or real estate to use it as a collateral. If you buy uh, service companies like IT businesses, you need to use you know, the, the, the cash flow lenders because you don't have assets, right? You have only the contracts, a bunch of computers, and then <laughs> not no, no much asset, right? So right. you need to use the cash flow you know, to get a, a cash flow loan to use it as a down payment, right? So normally how you structure the, the acquisition is normally we do 30 to 40% as a down payment and the rest 70 to 60, we pay over a, a balloon of uh, three to five years, right? Three to five years balloon, we pay, we pay the rest, you know, the seller finance part. So we need to aim, aim to, to get at least 30% from the asking price from the lenders, right? From the lenders. This is the option number one. In the, in the US, you have the option, let's put focus in the US because your audience, maybe your podcast is more in the US, you have the SBA, right? It's good right. to get an SBA lawyer or SBA advisor who already applied for this kind of funding solution. Because right now you have you can put 5%, 10%, up to 15% as a down payment, as a skin of the game, right, for the SBA. And they, they, can, uh, they can help you with the, not, with the rest, right? The SBA is good for acquiring businesses right now. They have a good programs, right? Okay. So I, I recommend to check out the kind of program. If you are, if you are, you know, from the US, you are entitled to apply for this kind of program. It's very good for acquisition, right? They can give you up to 90% leverage. So it's very good. You put only 10% down. And then you have, and the, the SBA is up to 5 million deals. So it's still very good. Deal. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then you have, uh, then after this kind of lenders, then you have uh, the family office, private equity firms and private investor. After you develop the network of lenders, I recommend to have minimum three lenders. You, you can have one and then, stop, and, and then start doing the deal hunting. You must have three, three okay. lenders, three cash, cash flow lenders, three invoice lenders, you know, asset-based lenders, and then go, go and hunting for deals. 
But before hunting for deals, which is the last point, I want to put focus on this is the last point. <laughs> then you need to de develop the network with the family office, private equity firms, and private investors. How you do that? Normally, normally people we do it organically. We do it organically using LinkedIn, right? We put it, we target, let's say we operating in Texas or California or any state in the US. Then you check out by location, you filter on LinkedIn, and then you target all the managing partners of the family office matching your investment criteria. Because if you buy in construction companies, you don't want to reach out a, a partner who is into healthcare, right? You're wasting people's time. Right. So you, you, need to, you need to build a database of people investing in the criteria that you got, right? In, the, in your investment criteria. The family office matching your investment criteria, the private equity firm matching your investment criteria, and the same with private investor, right? So you are, you are very narrow. You narrow your audience. You know what you're looking for. You want to feel more confidence, right? So after you develop the lenders network, you need to develop this this kind of network: family office, private equity firms, a private investor, matching your investment criteria. Very important. And after that, then you finally can start with the deal hunting <laughs> because you are gonna be fully fully ready. You until then you wanna realize that okay, now I know how this mm -hmm. how is the entire process. Now I understand why Sebastian was telling me right prepare for the opportunity because. Some people, they find a deal, but they don't have lenders. So say, what is the point of finding a deal if you don't know how to find a deal to, to, for the down payment, right? You're wasting, you're wasting people's time and you're wasting your time, which is more importantly, you know? So be ready for the opportunity. For me, it's very important. And then... Uh, so then you can start with the deal hunting part. How you find deals, right? Another question people is asking sometimes, how you, how you find deals? So you can find it organically or, or, or you can pay, right? Some people pay, some people, some people reach out on, on LinkedIn, using social media, reaching out the, the owners directly. They asking if they want to exit. This is one option. Another option you can go is through a broker, you know, an M&A broker. Is a few brokerage firms in the U.S. The biggest in the world are Transworld and Sunbelt. These two are the biggest brokerage firm in the world. They have several lenders and representatives in different locations all over the U.S. And then you have, uh, you have uh, also you can pay, right? So you can pay advertising on some uh, like businessforsale.com, different websites, right? You can pay an advertising or you can put your listing there that you're seeking for, for business opportunity. Another way that my, my global mentees are doing, right, they are, they are sending physical letters sometimes. They buy a database of, let's say, 1,000 business owners in the U.S. In, in the construction industry, making 10 million sales per year at least. Mm -hmm. so you, can, you can buy that database from Fiverr or another, you know, freelancer website for very cheap. And then you can send, if you want, physical letter, handwritten physical letters to their office or to their houses and then with a proposal saying that you you're looking for buying deals in this investment criteria and if they are happy with an exit you you can have a conference call and then you you start the negotiation on the phone with our broker you know very direct access to the to the owner these ways are very 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 they're working very well performing very well and people is is reaching out more, more motivated sellers the thing is a lot of people just is they put the listing, they put the business for sale just to know how much their business work, right? Right, they right. Play, they just playing around 
with you. They want to get so many requests, but they are not really selling. So you need to find their why. Why are they selling, right? So you need to find a really motivated seller because of course you're doing, you're doing a seller finance deal, right? So you need to find somebody who really want to exit and who, who, want, a, who want at least 30% or 40% as a down payment because you don't have the money, right? So if the business is worth 1 million, you need to get 300K minimum to put it as a down payment. This money will come from the asset-based lender, from the invoice lender, from the cash flow lender, from the private investor, family office, private equity fee. This is, are the options. The first option is asset-based lender, in, invoice lender and cash flow lenders. If you don't get result, you go to the second part, which is private investor, you know, or 3F, you know, family, friends, and pools. You can go this one, or you can go to family office, private equity firms, or private investor. You have different options. And then, you know, if, if it's not working, you need to quit, right? Because you don't have the money. So if it's, if it's really motivated, they will accept you. Because sometimes I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching the news and I'm following some emergent acquisition blogs. People is closing deals with just 10% down. Wow. The SBA, for example, if they use the program from the Small Business Administration, you can put 10% down and then you pay the rest in five to, to, to six years, right? In a balloon. So it's working. So if you have, if you have a motivated seller, 30% is very possible and 40% also sometimes is possible. So it's all about how to put all these details on the letter of intent, right? So when you make a letter of intent, you can place a, an offer based on the numbers that they provide you, right? So it's a lot of point to, to, to it's a lot of points to connect. It's a lot of things going on on this uh, medicine acquisition process. And it's always it's good to have somebody who walk you through, through the first deals. Of yeah. course, it is a never ending uh, learning, right? For me, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning, right? I, I, I position myself as a student all the time. Because I'm teaching this topic, I need to be very updated with all the information and what is going on and the new kind of lending, how, how the alternative market finance working to provide a better service to the people I help you, right, globally. So right now you have, you have so many options to fund a deal, right? So example, one of my colleagues who is teaching the same topic, he, was, uh, he discovered how you can buy a deal using PayPal, PayPal loans, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> PayPal, as if you have a PayPal account, you can get up to 500K. Wow. Loan, and you can use that loan to acquire a business. So you can use PayPal. That is, so right now you have so many techniques, so many, the alternative finance market developed so much. You know? It's not just traditional, traditional you know, funding solutions like going to the bank, the officer loan, they tell you, no, you don't have credit score plus 700. You don't have an, any collateral, you are out. You can do, you can do business. You are. You need to go and work, right? This is not not anymore, right? The people still thinking with this kind of old mindset, right? It's not like that anymore. The the banks, of course, they are very strict. Very strict, and they will ask you for so many things: personal guarantee, collaterals. They will say, "Okay, show me the bank statement." The banks are not the way to go. You know, the the banks always will ask you for money. If you want to right. buy a, a one million dollar deal, they will ask you for at least one hundred k, right? To, right. To, on the game and then they will give you maximum 200k 300k and the rest gonna be seller finance but you need money with the banks they're very strict but the alternative finance market like asset-based lender invoice lender cash flow lenders even paypal you can use it to fund the deal you know to, to get money for the down payment it's all about getting the, the down payment and the rest is gonna be seller finance part so 
is a negotiation that you must to have you need to build rapport also with the with the seller right because you are a completely stranger to them so right. you need to have a few conference call with them you need to sound credible you know credibility you know with uh, you need to be credible at all the time you need to know what you're looking for your team also must be aligned with your vision with your mission and they they need to see you as a potential buyer you know you are saving them for you know they are they are very tired of running the business. Maybe they've been they've been trying to sell the business for the last three years without any lads, without any serious buyer. And if you make a serious proposal, they will accept it. Right? So you need to be good at writing LOIs, proposals, and, uh, and negotiating and and structuring the deal in a way that uh, you you need to offer safety also. You know because say okay, but you wanna pay me the business in five years. What's happen if the business fail in the year three, right? So you need to be ready to answer all these all these questions, right? And uh, this is how how I've been discovering that you have so many so many issues in the middle. Yeah. So before we let people know how they can be part of your dealmaker program, yeah. uh, you mentioned something early on that really has stuck with me during this entire conversation. You said that when you first acquired, I think it was your first business. Yeah. Uh, the reason why it failed and please correct me if I'm wrong, but the, one of the reasons why it failed was because you didn't necessarily know how to put the, the CEO or put the people in place. And so you've given, you've given us the foundation of how to get to that point. What I know you'll be talking about this more in the program, but what is that process of finding the right talent to put in the business? So then it's not you that has to run it, you know, day to day. I know. So, before, before you buy a, a business, buying a business is the easiest part for me, right? Buying okay. a business is the easiest part. So you must have a strategy before you buy it. Why? Okay. Because, because you, need to, you need to do the debt repayments and you need to do the seller finance part. So you must to know what, how to increase the sales, how to perform better to, to get some money out. And also you, you, you need to have at least two potential CEO in place. You know, how you get that, how you pick the right people. You need to have you know, one HR agency, one HR agency, you know, you need to hire them and target people in the, in the investment criteria. You know, if you buy in a construction company, you must have two potential CEOs in place, ready to take over the business, right? Who've been running a business for at least 10 years, 10 years of experience of the industry that you buy. So you, you can hire a headhunters on LinkedIn. What I do is I hire headhunters, you know, I pay, I pay when, when they find me a good CEO, you know, I pay some fees or the company target is going to pay some fees. And then, you know, this is a good way to, to de- delegate. So for me, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was learning a lot because I failed, as you say, the first business. So delegation and putting the right people to manage the business is key. Sometimes what I do is I have two potential CEOs ready to take over. And also I'm going to interview the current CEO because sometimes I don't need to replace it. Right. Right. Because they want to stay. They're willing yeah. to stay. If they want to stay and okay. if the business if the business were performing well for the last five years, why I should replace it, right? If it's a distress deal, of course you must replace it. Right. Because, right. You know, but if the business is going well, maybe you don't need to replace it, right? So just just keep it. If it's working, don't change it. People say, you know, so just keep it like that. But but you need to be ready just in case you want to replace it. So at least having two potential CEOs with ten years of experience. And then you need to set up a kind of a dividend plan, you know, because you don't want to buy a job. You want to buy a business, right? Yes. Set up a dividend plan. 
they can give you weekly payments, annual payments, something like that. The CEO is gonna give you a weekly report, so monthly report, what is going on with the business. So you free up your life, you get dividends, and then you move on to the next deal, right? You keep growing, keep buying businesses. If you, if you buy a business and you put yourself as a CEO, you want to do everything by yourself, you wanna be stuck in one business. But yes. if you master the delegation part, you delegate to the right CEO, and then you get weekly reports, then you can keep, keep buying more businesses, keep grabbing more deals, right? Now, when you were talking about those two CEOs uh, that you want to have lined up, yeah, let's say you choose one of them to take over the business. And since you're already in that same industry, you still have that other CEO that you potentially could have for another business in the future. Is that kind of uh, a smart way to, to approach it? Yeah, this is, this is the way, the smart okay. way to approach it. And another way to do a soft landing, right? When you are taking over and you have no much clue about how the rules are there, you know, it's good to, to, keep, to keep the seller, to keep the, the owner of the business for a period of time, let's say three to six months with a salary, you keep, so they can coach you what is going on really inside in the day-to-day -day operation, right? Because maybe you understand the business, you understand the numbers, but you, you want to know who are my supplier, how, you know, how I'm paying, you know? So it's good to keep the, the seller for at least three months. This, this, this is gonna be good for you, you know? So you can put that item on the SPA, right? On the share purchase agreement or stock purchase agreement, you can put it that you're gonna have a consulting agreement with the seller for three months. He must stay and also a non-compete, a non-compete. He can't open a business like that for a 10 years period oh, of wow. time. Oh, wow, I like yeah, that. Some people, you know, it's so many tricks, so many legal tricks that you can mm -hmm. put it and you must be aware because some, sometimes you sell up, you buy a business and then the, the, the buyer next day open a <laughs> the same business and compete. And they, they, take, they take all your customers and then you yeah. buy, right? So you need to be very fully aware of that. But of course, if you're doing a seller finance part, they are not going to do that because they, <laughs> you're going to stop payment, right? You're going to stop, stop payment. So yeah so this is how how it's working the the business acquisition part and the you know you should keep also the seller for a reasonable time of three three months three six okay. months and also yeah the, the ceo if you want to replace the ceo the ceo won't coach anybody new because he's gonna be a bit uh, you know unhappy with the situation so it's better to keep the seller and to train the potential new ceo or to keep the the current ceo if the company is performing well right Last question before we talk about the program and let people know where they can go. Yes, sure. uh, you mentioned, you know, targeting uh, companies with uh, annual revenues between one to $10 million. Yes. But then later you said that, hey, we're going to send a letter to companies that have 10 million or more. Uh, maybe I misheard it. Uh, that's what sales, sales, 10 million sales, but the asking oh, okay. sales must be one to 10. Yeah. Okay. Purchase price when you pay one to ten. Sales can be as much as you can. So minimum must to cap the company that you buy is a minimum of three hundred k EBITDA. Two hundred k to to three hundred k EBITDA. Why? Because our our decision methodology to use as much leverage as we can is using a three three to four times EBITDA number. It's a good deal. If, okay. If, if it's more more multiples. The lenders are not really interested for this kind of deal. So it must to be three to four times EBITDA maximum, right? So if the, the deal is making 300K EBITDA, you must to pay maximum 1.2 million, the asking price. So this is how 
the ratio is, is working well, right? So. Thank you so much. Now, we're about to talk about uh, the program where people can go. I want to make sure I say this. The reason for this podcast uh, is, or the tagline to this podcast is, the wealthy teach their children how to acquire. There's an old quote. It's a famous quote. It's unknown who said it, but it's my favorite quote. It says that the poor teach their children how to uh, buy. The rich teach their children how to sell. And the wealthy teach their children how to acquire. And thank you so much, Sebastian, for teaching us today how to acquire. Uh, You will be wealthy, my friend, for the rest of your life uh, because you're teaching us something that we really need to know. How can people uh, be part of your program and where can they go to access your program? First, thank you very much, DJ. I really enjoyed this time with you, you know, to get to know you better also during this this, uh, this video call. And, and also, yes, definitely, the people can reach me out on my personal website, sebastianamiba.com. I could put the link below after. Yes. Or they can go to my Facebook group. I have a Facebook community with this almost 40, uh, 4,000 members. Wow. Buying, buying businesses for a living buying businesses for a living so they can join to my Facebook group or they can follow my, my, my Facebook page, Sebastian Amoeba, you know, or add me on LinkedIn. And then I, I can send you the brochure. I can send you the PDF presentation of the program. I take in 80 people to 100 people per year only because I have very limited time. And then it's, of course, I want to provide a quality time with the people I'm working with and you know, I partnering. So yes, let's help people to buy businesses. Let's help help entrepreneurs and they can reach me out and ask me any question, ask me any more information about my background if they want to know. Um, Yes, I'm thank you very much to invite me to to your podcast and let's make it happen. Let's help people to buy, to acquire more, more businesses. The honor is all ours. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are USA, but we also have international listeners as well. Uh, Are there specific countries that, uh, this works best in, or or is there certain countries that, that should not go into this program? Are you open definitely, to everyone? Definitely, this is a global, you know, I'm okay. a global, I am a global deal maker. Let's okay. say you are, you are in Africa, let's say you are in Asia, wherever you are in the world, doesn't matter because you can set up your holding company in the US, right? You can okay. set up the, the holding company in UK, and from the first world economies, you can acquire in the second world economies, right? So doesn't matter where you're located. If you are willing to improve your life, if you are willing to build wealth by a business acquisition, you just need to invest in a website, corporate email, pitch deck, and an SPB, an LLC company in the US. And from there, you partner with uh, some America, and then you can buy deals together, um, and, you know, using the alternative finance markets out there. So doesn't matter where you're located, you can do cross-boarding operations, cross-boarding deals. So I can live anywhere Anywhere. And acquire everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. You I love need, it. You just need a, a legal entity in, okay. in America. And then you can, if you want to apply for a funding solution, of course, you must be an American. But you can right. partner, partner up with an American, bring on board somebody or hiring somebody for your LLC. And then they can apply, you know, on your behalf or they can apply for any funding solutions and then, you know, buying deals. This way you can do it, yeah. I love it so much. Thank you so much for this wealth of knowledge. And uh, we will have the uh, link uh, in the show notes uh, for your dealmaker program. Thank you much, uh, so much, Sebastian. Now, doors are open. If you want to come back, 
Uh, and if you want to bring a, a student who came through our yeah. podcast and who signed up and yeah. talk about their we first deal. bring somebody, some uh, successful cases, you know, people who actually bought a $5 million business with myself. I have a mentee in Sacramento, California, who bought okay. a transportation company for $1 million and a half. No money down. Oh, know, I love using, it. Using the SBA. So this kind of uh, testimonial, this kind of people who actually close deal working with myself would be very helpful for people to inspire them, you know. And uh, believe me, anybody can buy a deal. Just you need to write a proper setup. You know, don't okay. start the deal hunting. Prepare yourself for the opportunity. It will take you two to three months of studies, and then you can buy a deal, right? It's all about preparation and network. <laughs> well, and anything that you want to recommend to us, anyone who's come through your network, we would love to sit down and talk with them on the How to Acquire podcast. Thank you so much for uh, uh, sitting down and talking with us, and we'll be talking to you again soon. Thank you very much, DJ. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you want more, make sure you subscribe to How to Acquire Podcast. Also, if you want to know more about today's guest or you want uh, further collaborations in the future, send us a message over at howtoacquire at gmail.com, howtoacquire at gmail.com. Thank you for today's guest. Thank you uh, for sitting back and listening to us. You can also follow us on Instagram at Acquisitions Network. And we are so thankful uh, for everybody who's come in and tune in to the first episode of How to Acquire Podcasts. The next episode is coming right back at you.